Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 73 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor, who spent all day traveling in the airports, eating Cinnabon, I'm sure. And uh, But he made it. He made it through the night. He's been watching The Wire all night, but now he's here. Willie Saylor, are you well? Good. Um, listen, if I'm um, McNulty, the unruly... Um, Borderline fireable at all times. At all times. Uh, shoot from the hip. Do whatever I feel like doing, regardless of um, the higher ups coming down on me. Mm-hmm. If I'm McNulty, who are you? Bubbles. Next question. Ah! Bubbles. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Bubbles is a heroin addict. Yes, he is. Uh, Marlo's my favorite character. Um, But anyways... A lot of you don't watch The Wire. We do. I have. Willie's uh, on the quest. So, man, for you Wire fans. I was not you know, eating Cinnabon. Huh? I was not eating Cinnabon. What were you eating? Yeah, Willie, Willie um, I don't know why he did this, but he scheduled his flight for 4 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. And then it gets delayed. So, so what happened there, Willie? Yeah, it was raining. Did you see Monday Night Football? It was crazy. I actually didn't. I was just... It was a monsoon. But, uh... Yeah, so when we flew out, there was a tornado in Texas, and when we flew back, there was a monsoon in freaking Carolina. So, um, I had I had pizza sticks from uh, I had pizza bread sticks, not pizza sticks, bread sticks. You know the bread. Well, <laughs> no, I didn't know. Didn't know what pizza sticks were, Willie. I meant bread sticks. You meant bread sticks. Sometimes your words get mixed up. Well, I'm glad you're home. I'm glad you made it safe and sound, and we're back after a uh, a great weekend at the Super Thirty Two, as they always are. What a tournament this year! It's crazy. Every year, it it seems like I mean it's it's mind blowing to have that many good kids in the in the same place, and it seems like such a daunting. Like when you get there, it's like oh my gosh, there's fifteen hundred freaking kids wrestling. You feel like you're gonna be there forever, but like it's run so well. It's like you're out of there the first day by like six. I, I don't understand how it happens. I don't either. There's so many, there's so many wrestlers, and then well, you know what helps? Re- the, these wrestle call the pin when guys are like not even on their shoulders. But that's another story for another day. That's gonna go up. We got one of the worst non-control falls. Well, I mean pins in general. One of the worst pin calls ever. Um, we'll do something. We'll chop that video up and and show it to you. Classic. The guy, guy was obviously double parked. He's double parked. He wanted to catch uh, Sunday Night Football, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you get out of there the first day at, like, 5. And then you get out of the second day at 5. Like, so it's – I don't know. I don't know how it runs so quickly. It doesn't make sense. But Well, they start at 8. That helps 8 sharp, and they get it going. Um, but you know what? It was – it's neat to look at how many – how tight the matches are. Like a lot of a lot, most matches are really tight, and the intensity is high, and even guys coming out of the woodwork. Um, I, th- it's encouraging that there's so much parity. Um, that there's so many good kids. There's not like this. There's not like this class of kids that just mollywops everybody. There's there's a lot of kids that can go with the best. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. I mean, one twenty six kind of typified that with. You know, fix going down twice, and uh, you kind of see a, a great rebound performance from Nick Soriano, kind of re-cementing himself in that pound for pound discussion. In the you know, mm-hmm. I, I, there are a lot of people jumping off that 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 bandwagon after Journeyman, and uh, they're kind of looking silly right now after the tournament. He just put up there. Well, I think that you know, here so Nick um, didn't compete in a lot of places, and then. 
you know, th- you know, wrestling fans sort of hold grudges, uh, like, uh, well, I'm not a Nick Seriano fan, or I'm not a this guy fan because he didn't wrestle in this tournament, in that tournament, in this tournament. He hasn't wrestled for a while, so if he gets wrestlers, wrestlers sometimes get some flack for not competing, right? And I think, I think more than anything, that was like why some people were mad at Seriano, like, um, the fans, you know, the, the, how the the fans are, are finicky as far as who they're going to root for. And um, so so then Nick does come back, and he gets beat by Araju, and it doesn't look like he has a whole lot of offense. And so that's why I think some people were like, I don't know, is Nick Soriano still the guy? We haven't seen him for a while, and then he comes back, and he doesn't even score a takedown. Well, maybe that, maybe that loss at Journeyman was the best thing that ever happened to Soriano because – he was tough. He was offensive. I was, you know, coming into the tournament, I was like, how, you know, how good offensively is he? He's impeccable defensively, but how how good offensively is he? Does he have enough offense to beat these top guys at this load at 126 field? And More he was aggressive. He was aggressive. He attacked. He he saw his openings. He was very good technically. Um aggressive. So so yeah. Maybe that that was the best that was the best thing that happened to Nick. Yep, and he looked great. So that was a that was a he great looked, win for him. He looked great. A lot of kids were impressive and it would it would take the whole show if we just talked about all the kids that, that looked really good. Um another one of the big stories and, and uh, it's gonna present a challenge for you, Willie, uh, from a ranking perspective, are the losses it's plural. Yeah, the rankings in general, I, I I feel sorry for you that you have to do this. Um after Super 32 with all the changes. But Dayton losing twice puts you in a in a tough spot. A kid that wrestles absolutely everywhere, pr- essentially wins everywhere, um, but then he comes here and takes two losses to two really good guys, but two losses all the same. And mm-hmm. you're and you're stuck with, well, how much, if any, do you do you drop Dayton? Um yeah, you know, there was there was people, wrestlers and coaches and, and um, fought parents and and such after after Dayton, you know, at the, the end of the tournament, there was a lot of people saying, "Hey, Willie, don't be too hard on Dayton, man. That kid, that kid wrestles everywhere and competes more than anybody. Um, exactly. So days like this are going to happen. He's going to take a loss here and there. Don't punish him too bad because uh, nobody puts it on the line more than him. They're right, and they're ab- they're absolutely they're they're one hundred percent correct. Um, but you still have to take into account those losses. I like in my pound for pound this week. I've already done the pound for pound, uh, with the exception of the bottom couple guys, and I already wrote up my my notes, my commentary that goes underneath it. And I said just that. And I and I said, you know, um, nobody has more elite wins than Dayton, um, but at the same time, you know, he he lost. He lost to Araji. He lost to Karam. So. Um, that has to be reflected, right? It has to be, re- it has to be reflected. Now you don't, you kind of don't agree to that extent. Um, well, my my philosophy, I really, I don't really look at the tournament so much, whether it's Fargo, whether it's um, you know, Super Thirty Two. I look at the wins. Nor do that, I. Huh? Nor do I. Okay, so I, I look at the the wins and losses within them, and I'm not saying you don't, but if if a kid has ten. Elite wins and three losses, that's better to me than a guy with one elite win and no lo- losses. Like, I, this guy is out here collecting elite pound for pound wins, college wins. Yeah, I mean, that and Dayton has more pound for pound wins than anybody on this side of Mark Hall. So, with those wins, at, with each win he gets and with each win he kind of separates from the field. It gives him grace in my eyes. It gives that wrestler, any wrestler, grace. And the ability to take a loss or two and absorb it to an extent. Now, he was number two, right? Like, number two is probably not where he should stay. Um, but I'm not I'm not putting him well, out of, course of the top five. Of course he has grace. You're not taking him out of what? I'm not taking him out of the top five. No way. No. I mean, not when you stack up those wins compared to the other. Now, if other guys had wins like him and not the losses, sure, obviously. 
but I, I don't see anyone, um, you know, who who has those that level of wins. So if you put it on the line that much, I'm going to give you give you more grace. And uh, I think I think I mean he his his it. his elite wins are undeniable. Like I said, he he has the most. Uh, he has three wins over pound for pound guys now. Um, I, I, more than that, he has beaten three pound for pound guys. Um, but losses. It sounds like you're saying losses don't really count much. You're saying sure that they do. should stay ahead of a guy like Marinelli. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, listen, where was Alex? You know, where where has he been? No Fargo, no. I mean, this kid is going everywhere. Junior duels. Who's number one? Super thirty two. Cadet trials. Junior trials. Winning, winning, winning. Well, then it sounds like you're you're so, and, okay, but would be completely based on elite wins. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, no, not at all. Not completely, but you're comparing wins and losses. Okay, what? Uh, let's go Marinelli's wins. Ha- Manville, right? Mm-hmm. That's his uh, most recent elite win. What where, What are his other pound-for-pound pound wins? I mean, not that – actually, Manville's not even in the pound-for-pound for, pound for one and probably won't be after this. So what – where were his great wins? I mean, I got 10 for – for Dayton, including two over Spencer Lee, including over Stefan Micic, including Ronnie Bresser, college freshmen that are good college freshmen. Um, Yanni Diakamahalis, your number eight right now, who just torched uh, a bracket. And I'm just wait. Where's Marinelli's? Sure, he didn't lose. It, it was not that hard to not lose for him this weekend. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, so wh- I think you vastly undervalue what Marinelli's done in his career. Okay, I'm, I asked for the wins, and I produced the one non-pound-for-pound win. I mean, he's, I, you know, he, he doesn't have, I mean, I'm not arguing. He doesn't have the elite wins that Dayton has, but he. I mean, I, mean, I want one more, two more. Can we get up to three elite wins in I, the just, last he just, He just absolutely destroyed the number five guy in the country. In the country? He's got Dayton's got three pound for pound wins just in the last couple months. In the country, I mean, well, Dayton beat. I mean, that's you know, that's a. So did you're asking for elite wins? I just gave you the number five. That's not an elite win. I mean, I didn't even mention Rudy Yates. Uh, Rudy Yates. He he was number two. Okay. When he beat him, you're hyping up the number five win. I mean, uh, come on. Okay, then what qualifies as elite win? I listen. Marinelli's Marinelli's wins aren't as good as Dayton's wins. That's okay. I'm, I'm not I'm not objecting to that. But Marinelli does have wins. He's beaten he's beaten Owen Webster. You know, he made Super Thirty Two finals with uh, that. He beat somebody else. It was Owen Webster and somebody else that he beat in quarters and semis to get the Super Thirty Two finals last year. He beat the number five guy um, in Drew Hughes this year. He's beaten Xavier Montalvo. Um, you know, Marinelli's losses in his career are like are like uh, Malonis, Manville, and Fox Baldwin. Okay. Where, Ever. Uh, but where? I mean, you know, Dayton could probably do that too if, if he wrestled this schedule. True. That's uh, true. So, so it's like you're – well, you're missing – I mean – Dayton, so has, you, Dayton has been able to accumulate all these wins because he goes everywhere and wrestles. But, if you're telling me that, if you're telling me that somebody should not drop for losing to two non-pound for pound guys, I said he should drop but from it, two to four. Yeah, you just lost. You just lost twice, like five minutes ago. You okay, lost. to two guys that are gonna be in your pound for pound. Sure, maybe. Okay, so listen, the the elite wins. Like, think of it like they kind of cancel each other out a little bit. That's kind of how I look at it. He's still, like, plus six in, like, the elite moments column where Marinelli has, like, you know, well, no, zero pound for pound, but, you know, four or five well, in the I mean, last two years. If you're, if you're asking me, does he have better – does he have better and more elite wins than Marinelli, Chad, Red? Uh, I don't – maybe not Luke. Uh, yeah, I guess, but Luke is Luke is approaching that. Yanni approaches that. Um. So, but but losses have to count in that fact. They, they do count. But listen, Marinelli's not 
Dayton's putting it on the line more. That's that's a fact. You're going to lose when you wrestle this much. You you're going to move in behind a guy who's not not out here in the streets. And I, Marinelli's a stud. He's going to win a lot of matches in college and he's going to win states and Ironman this year, but you can't tell me that Elite I mean Marinelli's going to have to go through either Manville or Isaiah White. Okay. Not I mean zero pound I, for pound. Isaiah White's pound for pound. He is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, perhaps so, he should be. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps not. I don't know. Um, he lost to McFadden this summer. I I don't know. I I I don't think I'm I'm not discounting losses at all. But you can't let a guy accumulate all these great wins and then treat him like he's a dude like he's Nick Renan losing two matches or something like that. I mean, like Dayton. I, I feel like you're not. Where you think I'm ignoring losses, you're ignoring wins. Um, I, I'm not ignoring wins. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very conscious of what Dayton's wins are. Uh-huh. So let's say that let's say that I won every tournament ever of all time, and I beat every guy that's in the pound for pound, and then I go to this tournament and I take fourth. Should I stay where I'm at? Um, have I already not said he should drop? You're acting like I'm saying he should stay at two. You're saying he should... What you're saying is he should drop from two to four. Yeah, well, it would be five, I guess. Or, yeah, four. Yeah, four. four. Behind Renan. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Well... So, so not, don't stop saying I'm saying he should stay. He's not staying. He's dropping. But his elite wins prop him up over Marinelli, 100%. Zero pound for pound wins, zero, none. No, uh, no, none. Well, Manville will probably be in, so that's one. You Manville's not going to be in. We just talked about it before radio. Uh, so that's zero. Manville might be in. Well, I will hammer that on Thursday if he is. Why? Where, where's his win? Where's his pound for pound win? I mean, uh, he, he's got to be in over Karam or Vito. Who have better wins? What, um, who should should he be in over Isaiah White? Um, maybe. There you so go. So if you're gonna take a guy like that, that's twelve. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so maybe he is in. I, I still, you're you're ignoring, you're not giving the proper value to to wins, in my opinion. But they're your rankings. Well, I, you know. You don't, you don't, you don't stay. In my book, you lose to two guys behind you, you drop. Right, and he will drop, but just mm-hmm. way, way, way too much. Um, and that's my you thing. I'm, they, I'm not as reactionary. That. I'm not as reactionary. That's I'm, I'm slower to move guys. Um, you don't think? Okay, so you say, you say behind, you say behind Lee and and Renan only, but you don't think that Dayton should go behind Yanni and Suriano? Uh, I don't know I, why, why you have those guys. I, I'm talking about Dayton specifically. And I'm looking, I'm like, how far should he go? So when I think he should be in front of somebody, I just stop right there. Because I'm saying, well, clearly Willie thinks this is the number five guy. I mean, you, you, so what you're saying is y- Yanni dropped because he lost to Pletcher. But you don't think, I mean, J- Yanni lost, dropped significantly when he lost to Pletcher. But you don't think Dayton should drop significantly for losing to two Non-pound for pound guys. Well, we didn't talk about Yanni's drop. I mean, that's not the, the okay. Topic. Should Dayton should Dayton be behind Yanni uh, in pound for pound? Hmm. Perhaps. Okay. So then you don't know what you're saying. Yeah. Yanni. Um. Well, maybe not. He beat it. He beat Yanni last time they wrestled. So I'll say no. He has better wins than Yanni. Okay. So the Karim. So Karim goes ahead of them all. Okay. Just because he beat him. Now we got that cleared up. That's what you're saying. What? I mean, just because you beat somebody. Oh, it's <laughs> give me a break, Willie. You're acting like that's his only win. Are you give me. Uh, what are you talking about? He's beat Spencer Lee's twice, y- Yanni twice. Uh, all these guys. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. All right. Well, I think we. Uh, I think we go to the next topic, and I th- just look for the look for the pound for pound rankings coming out. Whichever way the wind blows, Willie. Come on. What are you talking about? 
I just want to get that. Sure. Just want to get that last little one in. Get the last dig in. Go ahead. Last one. All right. To more positive things, of which there are so many, and less contentious things as well. Um, Willie, you didn't get to. I don't know how much of the finals. I mean, you obviously watched. Them. I didn't even get to watch enough. I didn't. I watched like three seconds of wrestling all weekend because I was had my head buried in computer. I hate it. All right. Anyways, enough about your first world problems. Um, I I got to call the finals. With Mike Malinconigo, who's a guy I really didn't know that well. I actually talked to him a little bit on my UNC visit. And then I talked to him the night before the finals. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy knows, is, is like a freaking dictionary. So then I'm calling the finals with him. And I'm like, yes, yeah, sweet. This guy's perfect. Like, he's amazing. Yes. And to the point, Mike, Willie. Mike Mal is awesome. Mike Mal is like a, a wrestling genius. Uh, in his ability to watch and tell you exactly what's happening, like you'll see a quick, a quick little flurry, slap, and he can talk about the footwork and the move and things. You, I would he's, have to watch it. He four saw times. it in slow motion. He right. saw it in slow motion. And he's like, "Yeah, what happened here? You see how he's rocking his back foot and da 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 da." Like to the point, Willie. He was so incredible to listen to. Like I'm not even doing. I was supposed to be doing play by play. He's obviously color. And I'm so I'm supposed to be describing the action, but all I can do is like I just want to ask him questions and like talk <laughs> to him about wrestling and like it, it really took me like a few matches before I was like I gotta stop just listening to him. I have to like do actual play by play. He was he was distractingly good at color and describing, and uh, it, it was a pleasure. And I had no idea. I mean, I knew he knew wrestling. His behind the dirt stuff is always incredible and next level but to call a match with him and you know for behind the dirt he's you know i'm figuring oh he gets to watch this a lot and figure it out he probably figured that out the when he watched it live like he it's incredible so that was really cool yeah he's good i didn't know how you know there's a lot of good wrestling minds that aren't good on the air but i thought i'd give him a shot and see how it goes and um i didn't even get to listen to it you should i mean i do yourself a favor I know he knows his stuff, but can he announce? And, and sounds like he did good. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Um, it, it, where else to go? Can we talk about Crazy Parents? Um, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Crazy Parents. Crazy Parents, of which there are many, uh, uh, in wrestling uh, tournaments especially. You know, Super 32 is a different animal. I, I don't know... Maybe kind of flow nationals, but not not even close, not to that extent. So I, I have ne- I, I do not see the parents and coaches intensity anywhere else in high school tournaments, like like Super Thirty Two, not Fargo, not NHSCA's. Um, you you not- ca- you call it um, intensity. I call it um, borderline psychosis. No, like, I'm ins- talking about insanity. But- yeah, but even the even, even the, the regular matches, parents that aren't nuts, right? Saying, even the matches that aren't, they aren't crazy, crazy. They're still like unbelievably focused, yelling, intense. Like, so there's there's cer- certain parents and coaches that go over the line, even when they don't go over the line. It, it is like every from the first whistle too. It's like everything matters. Every second matters. Every second is super intense. Uh, I just don't see it anywhere else. Not to that extent. Yeah, and, and that's fine. I'm all for intensity and focus and being competitive. But I, like, overheard some outlandish. Uh, and the the only reason, and, and I think this kind of stuff needs to be, like, kind of exploited a little bit. But there, there's a cost with that. Like, uh, I, this, this kid can't help it. His dad's a nut. And is like a downright borderline evil. Like, like this kid wins right in the semi, and I'm not gonna put it out there because I don't want to embarrass the kid, because I had nothing to do with the kid. The kid uh, that lost in the semis, the dad tells him to go f himself after the kid loses to the losing kid. After like he, you know, a lot of kids they don't shake hands afterwards, and it's not like he gave him a look or anything. He just turned around. And the dad was, go, like, running out there to shake his hand, and the kid was just kind of walking. He said, yeah, go F yourself. Like, just casually to a freaking high school kid. I'm like. What, the, the, the winning dad? Said the that winning the, dad. The winning dad said that's the, to the losing kid. kid. 
That happened, Willie. What? It was a champion's father, okay? And maybe you can figure it out, maybe not. It wouldn't be the worst thing if this guy got outed. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, so that's a little bit of it. So that, like, uh, obviously wrestling dads is, is always kind of something I notice. Um, they're kind of a little little out there, right? Mm-hmm. But also, mm-hmm. also... I get it. You know what I get? Here's what... Enough, this, yeah. I get it from... And this is... This is not the first time. I mean, this has been going on for years. Um, wh- whether it's rankings or a lot of times it's the previews where I make predictions. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I get it all the time. This well, drives me nuts. That'll, that'll shut you up, Willie. Well, and then they'll... Or they'll give me the finger or... Go F yourself, Willie. How do you like that, Willie? Like, here's the thing. If I pick wrestler, if I pick wrestler A and wrestler B wins, um, okay, I'm gonna hear about it. What if I would have if wrestler A would have won? I mean, would I get it from the other guy? Like, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. I have to make a pick. <laughs> I mean, so you can't right. win. They take it so, so personally. And here's the thing. They don't have, like you're saying that, what you just said, they see no other perspective other than their own. And they, and we've talked about this before, how wrestlers, wrestling dads as well, obviously, fabricate this, the world's against me mentality. Oh, it's such a, but, but like, it's like, okay, I get it, whatever your edge is, but don't be a douchebag. Like, don't be a Look, jerk. Like, you're, you're being a jerk because, so listen. I'm so proud of you that you, you used the word douchebag on the air. I know. I'm kind um, of, I'm disappointed in myself. I apologize. But, I was, like, these guys are, there's no, literally. Like, right, I'll take, I'll, you know, I pick one, two, three, four, and these guys are, these kids are all amazing, amazing wrestlers, and the kid takes, uh, you know, the kid takes third instead of fourth, and the parent will come up to me and say, well, I guess that'll shut you up, Willie. We get no respect. We get no respect. What are you talking about? You, you, <sighs> No respect. I picked you fourth. You took third, and how was that not respect? I'm just, I just took you to take. I picked you to take third in like one of the deepest brackets in the country. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, like we have some agenda again. Like the kids, I you pick it, and like one thing Willie does, like he has us, um, uh, you know, he had us all like make our picks, right? So I'm like looking through. I'm not like spending a ton of time i'm like i want to get this right but i can't dive in to the that's another thing too it's like what the heck i mean i picked you know i picked yanni to win 132 okay all right that's fine i I picked him to beat chad red who didn't wrestle um whatever that's that that was my choice i picked someone i have to pick somebody yeah pick against someone's kid yeah and that's another thing too is that you know you, you make your picks at 126 or 132 or whatever, these really deep weights. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it because. Um, you don't know the draws, first of all. I don't. Well, here's the thing these matches come down to one crucial situation. Far be it from me to know who's going to win that situation. On a locked hands right. call. Right. You know? Yeah, so uh, while, like, sometimes I pride myself in having a pick, a, a guy in the top four that nobody else has because I know a little bit more about this kid than other people. But in general, I mean, uh, one through four, I shake him up in a bag and, right? Look, you know at one tw- look at 126, you know? D- does Dayton get fourth next time around? Maybe not. Probably right. not. Like, right. it's probably a Suriano fix final normally, you know? I mean, at 106, 106 was a mess, right? You didn't realize at 106, um, Demilio, number one versus Demilio. number two, right. Number one versus number two met in the backside blood round. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you can't predict that. There was guys, I was lo- looking through the brackets, there, there's guys that uh, won six matches to medal. You don't know. So when I'm picking three and four, you don't know how the matchups are. Whatever. What my, my point is, people way overanalyze when they feel any sort of disrespect. Right. It's not a respect thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not at all. I mean, it, and I get it some with college, too, like with rankings and predictions I make. Like, uh, I, I just don't get it, man. It's just – but it's like this – I've never been uh, – <laughs> 
an elite wrestler and my dad was not like you know i played sports but my dad was never that dad either um so i I, it's just such a like a foreign mentality for me to not look at things like practically like oh well he didn't pick my does does that is that like so i could maybe i could possibly get it if it was from the kid like if you know if a 16 year old kid is like well, a lot of these dads, they're projecting, and I'm not trying okay, to. Okay, I'll, you know ex- I'll give you an example. Um, a couple years ago, in a Super 32 preview, Chip Ness, I wrote about Chip Ness, um, super talented. I don't know if he has, I said he relies on his athleticism, but Super 32 is a different animal, and you have to win grind, you know, one-point matches, match after match, and... I don't know if he has a toughness, something to that extent. I don't know if he has the grit to do that just yet. I can get that. Okay. and I could see why he'd get upset, actually. I, I, I think I worded it a little softer than that. But anyway, um, you know what Chip Ness did? Chip Ness printed it out and posted it on his bedroom door. Yeah. And his coaches or his, parents, or his mom told me about it. And Chip Ness ended up winning it or taking third or second i don't know he, he ended up doing very well in that tournament right and afterward the coach told me he was like yeah chip you know chip read that and he really he used it as motivation and and um and and you know the coach was like yeah you you know you were kind of right on it a little bit at that point in time and um you know what he didn't do you know what him and his coaches didn't do they didn't run up to me and puff their chest out and say take that what do you don't know what you're talking about you you know what i mean uh yeah so there's a way there's a way to handle it and there's there's a way not to handle it. And I if you like um it's one thing to like kind of jokingly bring it up like you know we all know they read the stuff, they read the previews and be like oh a little gentle ribbing, but you you got to see it in these dads eyes, man. It's like so personal. They so want to get at you and I think some of them realize they're they're being jerks and like they soften the blow afterwards, but in the moment they just want to like, a lot of them are in the moment. A lot of them are in the moment. Like, you know, one guy said, uh, you know, whatever, was pretty was pretty um, upfront and said, oh, like, that'll shut you up, Willie. And then and then after he, like, caught his breath, he came over and joked and, and like, made light of, you know, made it a little bit more lighthearted. And I get it. I get that. If my, it was my kid, uh, you know, I go nuts when the Yankees are playing or the Redskins are playing. Um, I go a little out of my mind. And uh, if it was my son, I would probably do the same thing. I would probably be in the same state of mind. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're right. A lot of it is in the moment. Um, and, and that was one example. There was another example, you know, where the, guy, the, the kid won and the dad said, well, that'll shut you up, Willie. And I'm like, shut me up. What did, what did I say? And and he said, well, who's number one now? Well, yeah, he's he's number one now, but he wasn't. I'm sorry that he wasn't before the tournament. I, that's out of my control. You know yeah. what I mean? I there's no bias. There's no preference. Yeah, like if when Zane Rutherford beats Logan Steber, that wasn't like, oh, we we were sleeping on Zane or anything. It's like lo- Logan was number one. Like, yeah. So yeah. Anyways. Wrestling dads, t- tone it down. I mean, I get it. You, I don't know. I kind of like it. No, 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 no. I, I like, I like the intensity. I like when they come at me. I, I could do without it, cause I, I don't always want to shut up. Uh, you like it. You like it, Willie. I'm all right with it. You handle it well. You may, maybe would. This is a, a scenario you that, actually uh, handle better than me. I think you saw a couple of those instances, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I did. Sure, I did. I experienced some too. I'm like, I'm not even the high school guy. Why are you coming at me? Just made <laughs> picks. Uh, by the way, I made some good picks too, for the Did record. You make some good ones. I mean, I picked, I picked Suriano. Only one from FlowWrestling.org to do so. That you did. I had him second. Fair enough. Um, if he had lost, he would have gotten second, Willie. He'd have been all yeah, right. I mean, I hey, like I said, he looked like a re-energized machine, man. That you know, uh, hats off to him. Hats off and yeah. Look great. Looked awesome. Looked awesome. Uh so all right, we spent thirty four and we could probably spend two shows on Super Thirty Two. 
We really could. There, yes, there really are because we barely even talked about the finals, uh, which were really good finals. We didn't even talk about the wood stencil kind of fiasco, um, and maybe we will another time. But you know, D1 wrestling started. Um, I'm gonna read through. I'm gonna read through the champs. You you interrupt me if you want to bust something out. All right. Adam Busiello, mm-hmm. Sebastian Rivera, Joey Silva, Nick Suriano, Yadi Dakamahalas, three for three in belts. Shane Griffiths. So David good. Griffith. That's kid. Uh oh. Trouble. 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 That, oh my gosh, he's so good, man. He's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Scary. Yeah, I mean, he started the season out slow last year. Um, as freshmen do, right? And then ended up being a state champ in a single-class state in one of the toughest states in the country. And not uh, at 106, like at a, what, what was he at, 26, 32? Yeah, 26, I think. 26. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but then uh, he might have been 32. And then had a good Fargo. And, and so, I mean, Shane Griffith on the map big time. David Carr, 45. Mason Manville, uh, what a great tournament. Got the legs. Um, Caleb Young looked amazing. Oh my, yes. Caleb Young, he pinned his guy in the semi like so casually. I was like, what the heck is this kid? That, that kid, that kid beat him in the state tournament. He thrashed him. Like it was, oh, that kid. I didn't even see what happened there. It was a 30 second pin. He cradled, he just cradled him. I think he was like maybe in a scramble or something. He pinned, but it was like the athleticism kind of jumped out at you and his strength like oh uh, yeah. he's really something i i am he's gonna be a good get for the hawkeyes yeah yeah for sure i mean they have him and marinelli coming in you figure I, somebody's gonna go 57 65 or something like that i mean man that's a that's a great and then they have camera there and Sorensen. they'll have to figure something out but man what a great core right there that's a um, yeah i yeah, I think he got when he when he verbaled, it was a very like uh, okay, like I don't think. Well, it, Caleb Young, let me tell you about Caleb Young. He um, he showed a lot of promise. He was you know like a big border freshman, big border, and he showed a lot of promise as uh, a freshman sophomore. He's placing in big tournaments in the middleweights, and you're like, yeah, he's going to be really good one day, right? And then he kind of hit like a plateau uh, like a plateau where he he he, he kind of leveled off and like oh i thought maybe his results would be a little better by this point but um you know he was always in good weight classes but you know he, he just didn't jump levels like maybe you thought he could mm-hmm. and now now he arrived now he jumped those levels that you thought he might um so yeah he's in the elite category and, and you know there's you know, the expectations that fans and pundits put on some of these kids. I, I was talking about a couple guys um, that were freshmen, you know, the junior high studs. And, like, as freshmen and sophomore, they really didn't wow. But, you know, they're freshmen and sophomore. We're getting a little spoiled in, in how good they can be, how early. And, and um, I was talking about a couple of them that are juniors this year that now, now they kind of hit their stride. Like, uh, one was Anthony Mantanona. Um you know he was a he was a junior high sensation and kind of slow going in the in the beginning good but not great results and now now he's like one of the best in the country um moving nice. on 170 chris wheeler chris uh, wheeler looked amazing i thought he looked big he looked strong yep. um love Nikki, gear at 82 i thought gear could have won that match i was yeah, re- Nick Renan over gear at 182. That's number one at 95 versus number one at 182. And if you, you know, I think when I put gear number one, and I didn't, I didn't, obviously, I didn't put him at number one at 182 because um, I liked him or like I thought he was the best. Uh, He was number one based on results, Uh, he was number one based on process. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people, maybe even myself included a little bit, were like, well, he's going to have a tough time holding on to that. Um, that dude is damn good. If he if he has another crack at Renan, you know, he's he's finishing those singles, you feel like. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, Renan's, Renan's better. Renan's, right? Renan's right? really good. Right? Renan's probably better. But all right, here's what I will say. Gear impressed me more 
in that finals than he did against Bo Bresky. And that's another thing, right? Gear beats Bresky, and people, I, I think a lot of people were like, well, it was a little circumstantial of a match, and if it was wrestled again, maybe. Now, now what do you think? I th- now I think he's really, really good. Right, right. Uh, Blake Rifle over Arrhenio. Jordan Wood and Andrew Gunning were your champs. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And uh, the Wood stencil match was a little crazy. It looked like Wood got out in time, but there's a pretty, um, uh, well, the proof's in this picture, right? Like Wood's not out and there's triple zeros on the clock, but whatever. Uh, and I said this on Twitter, and, and I think Stencil and company felt a certain kind of way. I said, you know, the better man won. Well, that's, that's my opinion. You do not have to hold it. You do not have to agree with it. I believe that Jordan Wood is better. And I think Matt Stencil looked really good. So that's, that's, uh, that's what I think, and it, it can be wrong. But Willie, Mr. High School, you're trying to derail me. You're you're, no, no, take, no, you're hogging that. 40 minutes for high school and ignoring the fact that the Division 1 season is underway. It is underway. Let's talk about it. Let's I, talk about I can't wait. Um, first of all, before we talk about why don't we do this? And before we talk about NWCA, is there anything you want to talk about from other stuff that happened? Uh like opens and duels well, maybe hit maybe hit them for a couple minutes before we sure yeah, the, we can hit a couple day. things. Uh, one thing I'll hit is uh, Chance Marsteller's on notice here for for rankings. He dropped another match at fifty. I say another. Um, my point. What I'm saying is Chance has this amazing freshman year, right? But it was at sixty five, and actually his results at fifty seven. He lost to. Trevor Weist and, and Anthony Kalka. Now he enters the OCU Open, loses to like a non-factor. So are you a, alluding a total to the Google fact loss. that maybe he's not effective at 57 when he has to cut? That is certainly an option. That, but so he he was 11th. Now he's like 19th, and uh, you know another another performance like that, he's going to be out of the rankings. And um, you, you know could, what? You could make Oklahoma a case he doesn't State. belong right now. Oklahoma State is never. They start them slow, and I that's the only like reason I'm keeping them in. Good in the beginning. Um, Gary Wayne Harding got beat bad by somebody. Garcia. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, actually Brian Crushmer ends up winning that tournament. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, Cade Brock won the freshman. So uh, Oklahoma State. Okay, that's a that's a OCU open. Anything from Dactronics? Dactronics. Um, some weird losses, but nothing that's gonna. That's going to really register for you guys. You know, Studebaker loses. Um, Colin Jensen. Chris loses. Williams beat Josh Rodriguez. Chris Josh Williams being Josh Rodriguez is probably the most notable result there. And it's like how, okay, Josh Rodriguez, you just lost to a true freshman. For all we know, Chris Williams is like the real deal. I mean, like he was great in high school. Um, so I, Rodriguez dropped four spots, and that was probably a fair drop. But I – I'm not going to act like that's this terrible loss yet, because for all we know, Chris Williams is really, really good at the D1 level. We just there's all not right. anything from Clarion. Um, not much. Fox Baldwin looked good. Um, guys more or less took care of business. Uh, they won. The guys that were supposed to win won. So anything not... from anything from duels. Ashnall over Durso. Schnalty mobbed all over Rick Durso. Seven uh, one. And it could have been could have been worse. And Ashnault, I was actually not discouraged. I don't know what the word is. I was surprised he struggled to finish. He he got in really deep a couple times and couldn't finish. And you know, Durso's hard to score on for sure. But if he can shore up some of those finishes, he can get the legs on just about anybody. And yeah. I I had him in my preview as a title contender, and he looked really good. He rode rode the heck out of Durso, and I it was a good performance by. By Anthony and um, yeah, he's gonna be he is gonna be an absolute handful this year. All right, before we get to NWCA, one last shout out to Joey McKenna, my my man, getting his first career win. I'm I'm just happy to see uh, Joey start off his career. But let's get to NWCA All Star Classic. Okay, let's do it. Um, it was a a good card, you know, solid, and they had. The new rules and also experimental rules uh, involved there. The, the, well, the only experimental rule that I was aware of, actually, was the three-point takedown. And I'm curious. Uh, I'm not going to say how I feel about it yet. I want to hear what you think, Willie, and then we can talk. Three-point takedown, Willie. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I, that's, the, that's the one 
that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's too small a sample size. Sure. Uh, that that's the one. That's the one rule that I don't know what to make of it. Um, I, I I like the. I certainly like the differential. I like I like that takedowns are worth more than double an escape. Um, but I I don't know how that's gonna play out. You don't, I don't know, know how the, it's gonna no. manifest. I, I you know I, I can't. There's certain things. There's certain rules that you can look through the, the, the periscope you can, you can you can look out in the future and project how that's going to ha- play out but this isn't one of them I can't I don't know I would have to see it happen. yeah in a vacuum I like it I like the idea uh, whatever it takes to neuter the escape point a little more has to be done that that has to happen one one thing that I think could be considered I don't know why a reversal wouldn't be three either because um, I feel like reversal. Uh, I like that. I like that. Why? I mean, when you think about it, you go from underneath being controlled to on top. That is just as, if not more difficult than, because really you're saying reversals don't really matter. Because if you reverse somebody and he gets out, yeah, it was an escape. Yeah, I hate, true. I hate that's that so much that a reversal to, to me requires more skill and it's more difficult to do. Right. And that's what I mean. I haven't thought about that. That's that's a good point. I even thought about that this weekend when I was watching Super Thirty Two. You know, the kids they start on bottom, they get a reversal, and the guy gets an escape. It's basically like you just got an escape anyway. It's an escape, and I, I think it would. I want reversals to be a little more incentivized because I think it's it's good. You know, that rolling around and getting the leg, and then you're finishing the leg attack. Uh, I think it's I think it's better because right now the reversals just aren't worth going for. Uh, right. Let's let's just say you know you're about you're gonna hit, you're hitting a switch and uh, should I fight 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 for that reversal because if I just stand up and let go it's it's one anyway. I mean yeah. it's, it's academic right. But if you fight for it, yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Cool. So we're okay with the three point takedown. Uh, I'm not not a hundred percent sure, but. I think I'm fine with it. It produced some high-scoring matches, that's for sure. I mean, think about it. You can have a seven-point move with the— Well, uh, Cody Brewer won on it, right? That was a great—that was, that was was that the only good match? I guess Wallace Kuhn was good. Well, I mean, he dominated him. I, mean, I, I guess it was entertaining. entertaining. I, I guess more entertaining than—there was a lot of uh, patty cake. Yeah, guys. Yeah. A lot of guys not pulling the trigger as much. Early season, what can you do? But let's get let's get to this. Enough. All right. You're going to unleash right now. I, I feel it. <laughs> Listen, like you aren't either. Um, let's do the, the interlocking fingers. I mean, yeah. listen, we, we talked about this months ago that this was going to happen, okay? Um, it, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, oh, this is going to have terrible, terrible unintended consequences that are going to impact matches. And what do you know, six matches into the uh, experiment, and it's a it's a disaster, as predicted. First of all, so here, if you haven't seen the match, very quickly, Kyle Crutchmer is warned for stalling, right? Deservedly so. Epperly outshot him um, tremendously. He was taking all the risk. That's fine. 14 seconds to go. We've got a uh, an interlocking fingers call, okay? And, like, one thing I didn't like about it is, like, they did it for a second, and then they, like, kind of realized, and, like, they broke free and just started wrestling again. Like, you know, uh, to me, it's like, okay, they, they, they're trying to break their habit, and they're letting go. But a couple seconds after, the official stop it, stops it and hits them with the double stall with 14 seconds to go, okay? Double. So basically saying... And since we, we mentioned this months ago, you can't tell who's inter, initiating the interlocking fingers. So they're going to hit them both this year, apparently. Now, what you're saying is, if you can get a stall call on somebody, interlock fingers. And you'll interlock get the, fingers. And you'll get the double stall. they're not going to be stall. able to tell, right? If, if, the, if, the match is, if the match is tied with 15 seconds to go and your opponent has a stall call, interlock fingers. Interlock fingers. So now this is, and Willie and I talk about this all the time, the gaming of, of wrestling, how it gets gamed up. Now, this is a game. That's not wrestling. And believe me, that is not what Zach Epperly was doing. No. Okay, not at all. He he actually, like, after he did it, was kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, my bad kind of thing. And actually, the official, I'm, I'm almost positive, he forgot. 
that he warned Crutchmer because oh, sure. he initially didn't give it, and then Dresser's like, "Hey, he had a warning," and then he's like, "Oh yeah." Then he throws up the one. He never would have done that uh, otherwise. But it happened, and it cost uh, Crutcher the match. And you can you can say Epperly should have won anyways. Whatever. Uh, the point. That's not the point. The that, that match is that, it's the implications. Yes. I don't I don't care who wins an all star match between uh, Epperly and Crutchmer on weekend one on day one of the season. What I care about is matches at, at tournaments that are going to affect rankings and seedings and and. Wins and losses, who moves on from the semis to the finals. Um, at NCAAs, I mean, is there going to be matches determined on interlocking fingers? Yeah, and it, the, the main our main issue initially with the interlocking fingers, not only can you not tell who initiated it, I didn't view it as that much of a problem. And Where did this come from? Yeah. Where did this come from? Where You know what? There's problems with the rules. You can make improvements to the rules in college. Who got together and said, you know what, we got to address <laughs> this dang interlocking of fingers. interlocking fingers. It's killing us. No, I mean, and, and I don't think I get it. Like if you're interlocking fingers, you, it's, you're not really working for a, a takedown. You can't you can't really fire off a single leg if your fingers are locked around each other. I, I get that, that it's not a particularly offensive position, but just call just call stalling when guys are stalling and don't don't have it written in stone that if you interlock fingers, it's going to be a double stall. Because there's no way you're ever going to be able to tell. It's, it's a freaking catastrophe. It's, 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 a, it's all because, oh, my God. It's very difficult for me to not get on a soapbox right now. Stand on and, it. And, and, and it's all because referees are scared to freaking call stalling. So then, and don't give me this crap about subjective and not subjective and, and, and well, it's, it needs to be written. You know what stalling is. Call it a damn thing. Yeah, and I I just don't. And here's the thing: like we said, it doesn't really matter this match. But everyone in the country watched that match, and now they're saying, "Well, that's this is how they're gonna call it. This is how they're gonna have to call it. You're gonna have to pretty much call a double stall every time this happens. And if that happens, that's what you're saying. Like if you can find a way to interlock the fingers, they're gonna hit them both, and you're gonna get a point there. I mean, that's so that's the gaming up of wrestling, and and it's. Less wrestling, so it was it was problematic. We knew it would be, and it took all the six matches for it to rear its head and and why it's why it's horrible. Mm. And yeah. I, you know, here's the thing: you can't do anything about it with the rules right now. I mean, you're stuck with these rules all year. No, I issue a issue a th- notice right now. It's done. We it's over. We're not doing it. You There's can't. No reason. You you cannot. Well, can't. You can't change it. Um. Now maybe they go back and say, here's how you got to call it. Um, and that's the thing, man. Don't look for a reason to call it. If they do it for a second and break free, and then they keep I'll wrestling. I'll tell you right now. If I was a, if I was a referee, if I was a referee, I would go rogue. McNulty. <laughs> go McNulty. I would just call. I would call stalling when there was stalling. I wouldn't call interlocking fairs. I, I hey, I'm sorry, I just didn't see it. Uh, because what it is now is a freaking catastrophe. Yeah, it's not good. And, 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 you know, the interlocking fingers, I don't know how many times you could see that. You could see, I don't know if you're going to see it a million times a duel or you're going to see it once uh, a tournament. But the out of bounds thing with oh, the no. tie walls and the Adam Coon, I mean, we we predicted that and we're not geniuses. We watched the rules video and we said, this is going to be a problem. And this same freaking scenario that was in the rules video that we complained about played out in walls and Coon. I mean, heck, so, if, I'm, if I'm a guy on top, if I'm a guy on top, I'm letting a guy get to his feet, running him to the edge, letting him get an escape, taking a shot, stall warning. Stall warning, easy as pie. And it was the exact, <laughs> I mean, so if you haven't seen it, Walls is underneath, hits a stand-up, you know, he's running out, and he turns and cuts. He turns and cuts like one foot from out of bounds and faces Adam Kuhn, who, as you may or may not know, is a large, strong individual. So if Adam Kuhn wants to move you somewhere, like one foot, he can probably do it. So he kind of just char- – not charges, but he gets in a tie-up, runs his feet straight out of bounds. Walls can't circle back in. They hit Walls for stalling. I mean, it's the exact scenario they said would be considered pushing, but they call it on Walls. Not only would it have been a dumb call, just ignoring – like if, if Walls had found himself on the edge like that just from neutral and got – push out bounds, you know, maybe I understand right, it. Yeah. 
But the fact that you get an escape one foot from the edge and you go one foot backwards because one of the best positional wrestlers in the country can move you where he wants. What was he supposed to do? What was he supposed to shoot? There's all the circle back in. It's not that easy to circle back in on Adam Kuhn. I mean, or anybody, any good wrestler at this level. They don't have to let you back in. I mean, he was moving. He didn't back straight out. Uh, it, it was it was terrible. And it's not that we're super upset. Again, it's not about that match. It's about the long-term consequences of the calls you're making. And that is the problem. And that's what we're worried about. And I don't know what they're going to do. And you can't get an escape on the edge? I don't know. I don't understand why they're so, they're so scared of incorporating a push-out, which is a clear black-and-white thing, kind of, um, and take, they're scared to take their cue from freestyle in that regard, but in the interlocking fingers, they take their cue from it and even make it more penalized. I, I just, they're all over the place. You know, and I know that guys on the rule committee are going to be all pissed off about us beating the rules up again, and they're going to they're gonna say, you know, let's explain or let's see what happens. Guys, it's bad. It's just, it's just bad, man. It is, and for, for the reasons we outlined, and I don't know, what do you do to fix this? Like right now, this year, how can you, what's the solution? I mean, what is the solution for Ty Walls there when you get an escape on the edge or when it happens to any other guy when you get an escape on the edge? What are you supposed to do? And that's, that's the whole thing, right? They want everything black and white, and they make it so much worse because the officials won't just use discretion. Like that should have been on in, – in reality, that's probably a no call, right? Like no in, call. In, a, in a perfect world, Willie, in a perfect world, nobody is penalized for that action. Right? Like, Kuhn shouldn't get warned for stalling. Oh, you mean like how wrestling at the collegiate level has been for the last 50 years or, like, all time? That was never – if – last year, if that same situation happens, they blow the whistle and go back to the middle. Right. And what we, we both have said we want changes in edge wrestling. But all we're asking for is discretion here. Know what you're looking at. You know what – you know what he just got away and is one foot from the mat. Don't – don't call it on Kuhn. Don't call it on Walls. Give your action gesture and go back to center. Um, but letter of the law, and not that I agree with it because we've already been critical of it, letter of the law that should have been stalling on Kuhn. Letter of the law, he pushed, did not allow Walls to circle back in. Verbatim, that is stalling on him. It says the word pushing in there if you're tied up. He didn't shoot him off the match. I mean, I know what you're saying, but that would be stupid too. That would be stupid too. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but letter of the law, no. And, and Well, there's also there's also letter of the law that says um, you can call no ac- no no penalty. Yeah, you they can were call just action. Rest- yeah. They were that was action. What was that not action? I mean, you, you're going to look at that situation and tell me that either of those guys were stalling? He scored a point one second ago, and he's stalling one second later? He scored Are a point. You're going to look at that action. You're going to look at that sequence and tell me that one of those two guys were stalling. That's asinine. There's no other word for it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're trying to do. What are you trying to prove? Don't, I mean, don't tell me you're trying to increase the action. That had nothing to do... With any scoring situation. Not, not. That had nothing to do with evading a scoring situation. I mean, stupid. It's, I mean, you're almost acting like you're stupid. Well, hey, that's the way it is. That's the rules. I mean, they wanted this black and white rules. Um, the officials want it black and white. Well, this is what black and white rules can get you sometimes. Even though it, it's outlined very specifically how you're actually supposed to call stalling in the rule book way before this. But they ignore that black and white. But they're all over this black and white, the pushing, the pulling, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it's it's kind of scary, Willie. It's it's a scary road they're going down. And it, it, sometimes it hurts to be right, doesn't it, Willie? I, I mean, there's situations where you're like, well, I don't know how this could go. I hope I'm wrong. And there's situations where like, this is going to be bad, and I know it's going to be bad. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a revelation. That's how it's going to be. The, the, the rules from Jump Street, the video from Jump Street, 
foretold this. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know where to go with it other than that. Um, I'm curious right. curious as to what you guys thought about it. If you've gotten to – if you've been able to watch it, um, I encourage you to do so. I tweeted out a, a quick video of the incident. And it, once again, it's not about those matches. It's about what it's going to mean long-term for our sport, for college wrestling. And, um, yeah, hopefully they can make some tweaks within or how they're going to interpret the rules, I guess. Um Maybe that's the way they can salvage it and just interpret the rules a little bit differently so that um, we just have good discretion and the matches are called right. And I'll, I'll, I look forward to, you know, I'm going to get to see a lot of wrestling this weekend. I'm Virginia Tech, Iowa, Iowa State, and then the Hokie Open right after that. going to be two. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that was the NCAA Finals and people are watching? Like, what What was that penalty for? <laughs> what did he do? What yeah. did he uh, He's. Oh, my God. Whatever. Okay. Wrap it up, Christian. I'm furious. We're putting a bow on it before Willie blows a gasket. Uh, and I, I can't blame him. This is – I mean, we take this stuff seriously. The the sport is uh, really important to us. But we thank you so much for, for tuning in once more to Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Please subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher. Give us a five-star rating. We'll be coming at you, no doubt, on Thursday. Same time, same place. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks a lot, guys.